There comes a season in life when we have to start thinking about how to best care for our aging parents. Sometimes we as caregivers need some care of our own to get through this trying time. Join Doug Wildman, Josh Masters, and their guests as they discuss caring for caregivers. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Care Ministries podcast at Brookwood Church. My name is Doug Wildman. I'm one of the associate care pastors here, and I am joined with another associate care pastor, Joshua J. the Bat Pastor Masters. The Bat Pastor's here. Yes. (laughs) Hey, everybody. And we also have Magical Marissa, who is at the helm. She always makes us sound better than we are when you listen to the podcast. It's better. And we, we sound smarter. And we, taller. Some, I don't know how. She makes yeah. us sound taller. <laughs> so uh, we also uh, are missing our, our fearless leader here yes. today. So while the cat's away, the mice will play. That's yes. what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, that rhymed. Uh, we also have in here uh, with us today Janice Jennings. Can you say hello? Hey there. And Justine Allison. Hello. And Don Carter. Hello. We're excited that you guys have... Uh, decided to join with us today. Today we're going to be uh, talking about working with um, or, or ministering to vulnerable people. Um, specifically, the reason why all of us are here today is because we're going to be talking about caring for aging parents. Um, and how this all started was uh, I am the counseling and marriage pastor uh, here at, at Brookwood, and I had gone to each of the groups um, of the uh, of the counselors, and I had asked, you know, based off of this First Corinthians or sorry, Second Corinthians passage, Second uh, Corinthians one four. Um, I'll I'll read that to you real quick. It says he comforts us in our troubles so that we can then comfort others. Uh, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given to us. So that's something that we have been talking about um, really for several years now. And so I just started to ask our counselors, well, what are some of the things that God has brought you through? or is currently bringing you through. Um, I don't think that those things are coincidence. I believe that God has us here for a reason, and that reason is to, is to be a comfort to other people. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, and we very often see in counseling, when Susie matches someone up with a counselor, very often the counselor will have gone through the exact same thing that the counselee has gone through, exactly. but Susie doesn't know that when she puts them together. That's the Holy Spirit. Yes. yes. Preparing people for to fulfill that verse. That's exactly right. Yep. So it was kind of interesting. I was, uh, I was talking to Dawn, actually, um, and uh, she is here with us today. And she said, well, one of the things that, um, that I have gone through is, is uh, caring for aging parents. And as I was uh, kind of praying about how we would bring this forward, there were, just as God does, he oftentimes brings other um, circumstances um, to bear that, that kind of make it clear what what the topics are going to be. So that's, that's why this whole thing started. Um, there are so many people in our community that are caring for aging parents and uh, people like myself who have a lot to learn because I've never actually had to go through that. So I thought, I thought it would be great if we could talk with the three of you today so that you can just kind of share with us not only some of the challenges, some of the blessings, um, some of the things that you feel would be helpful for other people to know, and also what, what difference does Jesus make um, in, in the middle of you know, caring for our, 
our aging parents. So um, here's some of the themes um, that I have heard people talk about since uh, um, starting to put this together. The first one is obviously seeing our parents decline. That's a that's a major theme. You know, when you when you see the people that you love starting to decline and and even pass away, obviously that's a that's a major component. Another one, another piece is um, navigating through the whole uh, difficulties that uh, family dynamics can can bring. Um, and I'll give you guys a chance to to uh, chime in on any one of these. Um, third one was knowing where our own limits are. Um, so I know Janice, you and I have talked a little bit about this. It's like, how do I give myself the permission to say, okay, I can only go up to this point, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then the fourth one that I've heard is knowing how to navigate the assisted living and hospice care system. That one is one that I am completely ignorant of. I'm hoping you might be able to, uh, help to share some of your own experiences so that uh, those that are listening right now may be able to, uh, to learn something as well. So, um, so if, if uh, I could just ask you one by one, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how, do you, how are you connected with Brookwood Church? But more, more than anything, I'd be interested to hear about your story when it comes to caring for aging parents. So anybody want to start? about Don? <laughs> uh, my parents uh, passed uh, within the last seven years. Mm. So I have a little uh, time since that happened. Um, and I wasn't even living here at that time. Um, mm. But I was living in Florida and my parents were in Arizona. So part of what I dealt with was how do you deal with this when you're states away? Uh, that's when I got to know Southwest Airlines very well because they could, you could change your flight schedules. So that made it flexible to do that. And I actually had the opportunity to be able to move in with my parents when my dad was diagnosed with stage four esophageal cancer. Um, So I actually went out to Arizona and just moved in and stayed with them through the whole process. Wow. And a lot of prayer support behind me at home as I went was important. And my parents' friends, how helpful they were Mm. at the time, too. I never really felt alone there. But I like to organize and kind of put things together. Mm -hmm. And my mom was actually dealing with falling apart at the moment herself with Mm -hmm. everything. So she ended up being more work than my dad because she was going through so much more emotionally um, and pain-wise and dealing with pain management and emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, Dad was really easy in comparison to my mom. So it's not like I had just one at a time. And I know, Janice, you have different issues with both parents parents, at the same time. So that kind of adds, you know, to the mix as well. But I remember, and we ended up going with hospice, making the choice with my dad. And my brother 
lived in Oregon. So, you know, we were at opposite ends of the country, but he would fly in periodically and we would make decisions together, which was very helpful. Um, but making the choice to not treat the cancer mm. was a decision all four of us made together in the doctor's office. Mm. And it was a choice we left up to my dad. And I think whenever we can honor their choices at that stage is also helpful. And um, his, his choice was, I don't want to spend the end of my life in the hospital. And I remember the oncologist, is that how you say it? Oncologist. <laughs> oncologist say, your immune system is down, so if we start chemo, chances are you'll be in and out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. And my dad said, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And so we said, that is fine, whatever you choose to do. Mm -hmm. So then we went from hospital care to what they call palliative mm -hmm. care. Yeah. And from there, palliative care qualified us for hospice. And I, I remember making that transition to hospice. It was no longer how do we make him better? It's how do we make him comfortable? And making that switch, that was a mental switch to, okay, what can we do to make you better? To, okay, well, that's not our goal anymore. Our purpose is different. It's comfort. And that was kind of a difficult switch because I'm yeah. a, I like to help and fix and make better. And it's like, okay, that's not my job. My job is comfort care now. And... Um, my dad did not want to be a burden, and I remember one of the hospice ladies when we had a meeting, and she said to my dad, you are not a burden to your family. She said it actually helps your family to grieve if you let them help you through the process. And that turned out to be totally true. Because the fact that I could be there and help in any way I could made his passing more peaceful for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, Justine, you, you are experiencing um, this process yourself with your, right. your parents, uh, maybe in a different way. Yes. Um, do you want to share a little bit of who you are and some of the stuff that you've been Yeah, Justine Allison. I work at the church. I've been here for 18 or 19 years. Um, and during my um, work life at Brookwood, my parents moved to South Carolina from New Hampshire. I've been trying to get them down here for a long, long time. Hmm. And um, I just remember trying to start some conversations early on. Um, when my parents were in New Hampshire, I asked them, you know, I really don't know what you have in your basement and what's valuable or not. Do you think that you could maybe organize that and clean that? Because if something were to happen to you, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Right. And so they did. They cleaned it out and they sold a bunch of stuff and canoes and guns and all kinds of stuff. 
and that was part of the beginning. And then they decided, well, we will move south, and we'll move to South Carolina. Okay. And so they moved here, and they got a nice little house in, in Bridges Crossing, and they lived there for a couple years. And my dad was hospitalized um, one Christmas. He was in the hospital for almost three weeks. Um, he ended up with a pacemaker and all kinds of stuff, and it was really hard on my mother, and she pretty much lost it. Um, and so we were caring for her and caring for him in the hospital. And when he got home from the hospital, she said, and she's, she was a nurse, she said, I can't care for you. I can't care for my dad. We need to live someplace where we can be cared for. And sorry, <laughs> what a blessing that was for me because I couldn't care for them either. Um, so... They chose themselves to move to independent living, which was wonderful. So they had their meals cooked for them. They were in a safe environment. They could pull a, a tag, if, a string if someone got hurt. Um, and they were in a wonderful environment. So their care process was starting. But they were still independent and they were still driving. Mm -hmm. So then we kind of got to the part where dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's and we thought, okay, we need to throw all our efforts towards dad and his disease. Well, as that was happening, his driving was getting a little worse and we were almost killed coming to Christmas Eve service one time oh um, and dad was driving the van. And so we had a conversation after that, um, which I'll get into later, but um, having the conversations about how we might sell the van and we might not be driving anymore and what that looks like. Well, as dad was progressing, mom was starting to act a little bit differently and then she was diagnosed with dementia mm -hmm. and Alzheimer's. So our focus shift, shifted from dad to mom and back and forth. So they, my mother ended up in the hospital, dad was in the hospital, then they both ended up in assisted living. And we had to kind of tell my mother that they were going to assisted living because of my dad. I see. When really it was because of my mom's dementia had gotten so bad, she couldn't care for herself. And she was trying to care for him at the same time. Because hmm. deep down, she's a nurse forever. Yes. So they moved to assisted living. Um, they didn't like it there. So... Um, we moved them to another assisted living. Again, they were able to make that choice, which was a, another blessing. Um, and then um, they were together in the same assisted living apartment. And within weeks, my mother had to move to memory care because she didn't know who my dad was anymore. Wow. And so he, we moved her, um, I think it was March 10th. It was a Tuesday. And... Thursday, they locked down the facility for COVID. Oh. So she was in memory care. We couldn't go see her. My dad was in assisted living down the hall. He could visit her for a time. Um, but that was the last time I was able to give her a kiss or a hug. Mm. So since then, she has been moved to skilled nursing. Um, the Alzheimer's gotten so bad, she can't really carry on a conversation. She can blurt out some words and many are profanities, but um, you know that's where she is. We have window visits and mm -hmm. we FaceTime. Um, Dad's doing well, and he can still manage his iPhone, so we FaceTime almost daily and have conversations with him. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of my story 
yeah. and where we are. Uh, very fortunate that their facilities share parking lot in Malden. So when I go to visit, I can see both, you know, in one trip. Mm. So that's been a blessing. Yeah. How about you, Janice? Well, uh, my story is a little similar to Justine's in that uh, it's my mom that has Parkinson's and hers is pretty advanced now. She's had a, she's been diagnosed for about 10 years and my dad has dementia and um, he just turned 89. My mom just turned 80 um, and they both wanted to stay in their home. And so that has been um, what we've tried to do. Um, I have three other siblings, so there are four of us and we have tried to divide the care uh, up between us. Um, and it started um, kind of gradually with the level of um, care we would have to provide hands-on. We were having to go on, go over and, uh, like you said, clean things out or put things away. Um, my dad with his dementia um, has gotten kind of dangerous with um, not knowing uh, what he needs to do with certain things. So he, he's fascinated with uh, heaters. He's always cold. He doesn't know what season it is. Um, so uh, you know, he always, um, he worked for himself and did general maintenance. So he had all these tools and he's tried to light a propane heater with a Ooh. blowtorch and, uh, you know, lots of different things at different times. And we've had to come in and try and make changes. Um, so they have um, continued to decline in their health, uh, especially my dad with, with his thinking and his uh, abilities. He, he's got lots of energy. So for, for 89 years old, he, he has the stamina of a 60-year-old, I would say, and loves to be active and busy, um, whereas my mom's is more the physical disability. And... Uh, so there's lots of dynamics with keeping up with both of them. Uh, lately, um, we've had to provide 24-hour care for both of my parents. And uh, about a, about six weeks ago, we hired somebody for overnight care. Um, we've had somebody for uh, care through the week, but that still leaves the weekends and four hours a day that we cover um, with the siblings, taking them meals and spending time with them. Um, so, so even with all that, um, we are very blessed and fortunate that we can kind of make it through COVID because right now going into a nursing facility is not something we've talked about, but not something we want to do just because we're so afraid that um, the isolation of them not being able to be around family is going to be mm -hmm. worse on them emotionally. And so um, we have chosen and we're, we're doing our best to meet the needs, the daily needs um, of their care. How do, you, um, how do you care for them while at the same time care for yourself? Well, I said you don't very well unless you have a plan, a definite plan and somebody to help walk alongside of you to help you mm. do that because you're you're just in the mode or I felt like I I was in the mode that this is my job and this is what I needed to do and I'll do what I need to do later yeah and what 
what effect did that have on you when you were in the mindset of like, I'll worry about me later and I just have to focus on that? Like, what was the result of that? I think that gave me energy. Did it? Yeah. For for me, if I have a purpose, mm-hmm. then that gives me an energy. And so I can get through things on that kind of energy. Plus, I believe a lot of it was the prayer support mm-hmm. that I had behind me that I didn't realize some of that energy was also coming from the prayer support, the strength. Yeah. that I needed. And that, I think, is where Christ gives us the strength to do what we wouldn't normally do on our own. And because I was able to work and help, that kind of um, eased my mind. I had no guilt. Mm. I felt, at the end, I felt like I had done the best I could. And that gave me a sense of peace. I had no regrets. Sometimes I've thought of, wouldn't it be great if we, if our energy that we have each day could be measured with tokens or something where we could say, you know, you're given 10 tokens of energy to spend during the day. And once those are spent, they're spent. Um, It would be so much easier in some ways because, you know, uh, honestly, I... I have seen it where people will, um, they'll push even beyond their ability to give and they become very depleted. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think one of the, one of the things that we were talking about, Janice, was, um, the word permission, you know, permission to, well, first of all, know how much, how much energy do I actually have to give and how do I, how do I give myself the permission, I guess, to, um, know when it's okay for me to to take a day you know um. yeah that's definitely an area that I struggle um, I struggle with because I still work full-time I, I, I'm employed here at Brookwood as well and um, knowing there are so many more things that still need to be done it feels um, it well it's a challenge it feels almost selfish to pull apart and say, I need me time. Um, so that's something that I work on. Um, and like, like you said, Don, I find myself continuously asking God to give me the strength because, um, physically and mentally or emotionally, I think, um, I stay pretty, you know, at the bottom of that, that well. And so I'm, Mm. I'm always asking God to, to give me the strength for the day. And, you know, that's the amazing part because he always does. But I think the result of that, Josh, was a question you had asked is a lot of times I don't sleep. So um, that's been more of a challenge for me since my parents have gotten sick and our responsibilities have increased. Um, and it's just amazing what happens. And Doug and I talk about this, you know, what's going on in the brain? Because I believe that when you're constantly going, um, it does change what's going on in your brain and your ability to even relax naturally um, may be compromised. And I know Doug had done a wonderful workshop uh, workshop on anxiety uh, a couple months ago when, when COVID was um, 
right in the throes, and uh, there were a lot of good points that you talked about there, that need for self-care just to renew our physical bodies Mm -hmm. and our emotional um, self so we can be available to go in and care. Because it's one thing to do the, you know, take care of the tangible needs of your parents, but to be there emotionally and spiritually for them to me is more important than just making sure the house is clean or, you know, everything is tidy. Um, I think that's been on my heart. And when I see that I'm physically exhausted and not ministering to the spirit or, you know, their emotions, then I feel like, okay, I I need to back up. Mm -hmm. This is, there's a greater mission and purpose than just making sure they're safe and comfortable. Do you have anything you wanted to add to that? or? I think I've been pretty fortunate in that God has allowed things to happen in a way that between myself and my husband and my sister, who's in Iowa, um, she's calling in and FaceTiming and she'll fly in whenever she can. Um, only one parent has been in distress at a time. Right. So it either either dad's been the one who needed the help or my mother has needed the help or work was really busy or my husband needed a surgery. It, it, it always seemed to balance out. It was one at a time. The crises were rotating. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So I've been very fortunate with that. And with COVID, everything kind of came to a halt and I realized how over busy I was making myself mm-hmm. and so slowed right down and was able to... Um, reprioritize where I was going to spend my time mm-hmm. and it's not at the gym all the time anymore it's it's going by the nursing home going by assisted living still hitting the gym a couple times a week but not with the the level of importance I was putting in some of these other things I was doing it's it's relationships first and then the other stuff falls into place yeah. have you found that Caring for your elder parents, and this is a question for all three of you, had a tendency to draw you closer to God, or is it sometimes a distraction from your time with God or relationship with God? Mine's been closer. I mean, verbally talking to him out loud in the car, Mm -hmm. Um, looking at my mother through the window and saying, God, what do you want me to know? So he is there like all the time, all the time. There's no way I could do this on my own strength. I know, Janice, you were saying that sometimes you found it um, or find it difficult to find the time to dedicate to, you know, spending time alone with God, for example. Yeah. Um, Does that... Well, it's funny because I like... um, just to pull away, I get refueled when I can sit and be quiet, mm-hmm. um, you know. And if I had an hour just to spend and be still, I, you know, I, I suck it in. Um, that's really hard for me. I get up really early so I can have that time. Um, but I could go away for a solid week and not speak to anybody except God. I mean, that's just what yeah. what fuels me. Um, so finding that alone time is challenging. Um, but 
like Justine, I am constantly talking to God. Mm-hmm. And that is a prayer that I say just about every time before I go into my parents' house. Um, God, you go before me and you're my rear guard. Because for a while, we never knew what we were going to, you know, engage in when when we went in. Um, like I say, this has been a, a transition. So I've seen lots of change and challenges and um so knowing God is with me, knowing God gives me that strength, um, you know, that's continuous. It's mm-hmm. just, I think by the time I get home in the evening and I would like to sit and, and read or, mm-hmm. you know, study the Bible, I'm too exhausted. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, I, I need to get up early where my brain is fresh to be able to be able to remember what I read or, or whatever, but I do, you know, I, I feel God's presence with me and, and just know that, like you said, Justine, without him, I couldn't do this. Mm. Yeah. Actually, one of the questions I was going to ask, and I don't know if this is too fresh for me to be asking this question, so bear with me if I'm, if it's getting a little bit too, too personal. Um, when you're in the middle of a crisis type of situation, a lot of the time, it's some of the richest time that you have with God. But at the time, you may not fully be aware of it. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Um, when I was going through post-traumatic stress disorder, um, I, I felt in one sense like it was, God, where are you in all of this? But as I reflect on it, I, I think, wow, God was really there with me directing my steps. Do you have a sense of God um, meeting you in the middle of this dark season of your life? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my dad went to a hospital, and he was in the emergency room getting some tests done. And he called me, and he says, I'm just waiting for my ride to come and pick me up and take me back. Because of COVID, I can't pick him up and take him back. So I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and he calls, and I said, Dad, where are you? He says, I'm still um, in the emergency room, but uh, I don't think I'm going home. So I said, well, let me talk to the nurse. And the nurse said, oh, he's not going home. He fell in the emergency room and hit his head, and he's in ICU with a brain bleed. Oh, my. So here my dad is, went in just for a few random tests, and now he's in ICU with a brain bleed. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, what is happening? Well, the hospital that this happened in was great, very gracious and paid for everything. They also allowed visitors. Hmm. So I called my sister, and um, she flew in from Iowa. And we got to go see my dad hmm. and hold his hand and kiss his face and pray for him. And we wouldn't have had that chance Wow! had he been well. Had he had his tests and left, no kisses, no holding dad's hand. Hmm. So I thought, oh, my gosh, what a wonderful spin to this story. I said, yeah. Dad, I'm so sorry. You took one for the team so <laughs> we could be here <laughs> to kiss your face. And at one point, um, he said to me, he looked at me and he said, am I worse off than I think? And I said, no, 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 Dad. Julie and I are here because we can be here. I said, you're not dying. <laughs> you're right. fine. Right. <laughs> it's just that we can be here and be with you and see you and be in your airspace. So that 
was a awful experience, but it turned out to be a blessing, and he yeah. bounced back. So, yeah. but Dad, don't do that again. Don't do that yeah. again. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. How about the rest of you? Have you sensed? In, did you sense, or are you sensing in the middle of this time of you know, kind of dark night of the soul, um, uh, that that God speaks to you in ways that maybe he he didn't um, when everything was relatively calm. I remember, um, I guess it was late last year, um, just carrying this heavy burden. And so I went for transformation prayer mm-hmm. and realized through through that process that it was a lot of grief that I was experiencing. And, you know, that grief, I believe, was building up from watching my parents decline. And it was such a beautiful but raw time um, that I I could just pour out. I could cry all these emotions I had been kind of holding in and just, you know, kind of pull up by the bootstraps and keep going. Um, they, they came out. And I just remember um, hearing God say, not audible, but knowing God was saying, um, this is not going to be easy but I will be with you. Mm. And that has come back to me so many times in these challenging times that that God's he'll say the same thing. This is not going to be easy, but I I will be with you. And that is comforting and it carries me through the hardest days. Yeah. No doubt. It's really good. If if the if the three of you were to give advice or give insight to uh, people who are experiencing this right now, what do you think you would, um, what would you share with them? I would recommend, no matter what age you are when, and no matter what age your parents are, start the conversations now. Mm-hmm. Just, just, when I had the conversation with my parents, um, where I really sat down and said, you know, I need to have a challenging conversation with you. This is going to be awkward, but we need to have this conversation. How do you want to handle uh, your finances? How do you want to handle your care? How do you want to handle your burial? And my parents were so happy that I finally put it on the table, or Mm. one of us was able to put it on the table. Mm. And we sat and we talked, and they had made plans, but I didn't know about it. So I would just say start the conversations when your parents can have the conversations with you. Um, that would be my recommendation. That's, that's good advice. Very good advice. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I think one thing my brother and I learned through my parents is that we were fortunate that they had already talked about these things because I think what they went through with their parents, they learned from and were able to share with us so we knew we had open conversations with them and we knew they had been to their attorney we knew that they had everything set up for us they had even planned their funerals you know mapped out even the songs that they wanted and what they needed done and that was helpful for us not to have to make those choices Mm -hmm. then. So I think, again, being able to talk about it ahead of time. And even when um, 
my mom was having trouble, and we didn't know how long Dad had left. All the plans, okay, that plan's not going to work. We need, we need to find out something else. We need to get Mom into a facility where she doesn't have to drive. And so we were talking about it, and then my brother came up with a very good idea. He actually said to my dad, does this bother you that we're talking about where mom's going to go? And my dad said, no, I want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. So again, we went together and picked out where mom was going to go. Yeah. yeah. And I remember the very last day, dad was in a wheelchair, and we got him there so that he could see everything. And the gal at the facility said, this is one of the first time I have ever seen a man who's close to dying be this concerned that his wife is being taken care of. So a lot of the hesitancies maybe that we have Mm -hmm. um, as caregivers Mm -hmm. is really not... That fear of, oh, well, we don't talk about that. And then when we do, it just, like anything kept in secret... You know, that you think you have to hide because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or you don't want to offend. Yeah. If we can talk about it and bring it out in the light. Right. And I think what you said earlier about honoring your parents Mm -hmm. whenever you can and their desires whenever you can. Yes. Is so important, you know, and to be able to say in those difficult conversations, what you want is important to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, and I was able with my dad as I was wheeling him back because the second time we went back, my brother wasn't there. So I was on my own with both of them. But wheeling my dad back to the office to make the final decision. I mean, we'd already made the decision. But I said to my dad, Dad, what do you think about Mm. this place for mom? Mm -hmm. And he said, I think this is good. Mm. I've seen the same thing where you give them, you let them keep their dignity. Yes. You respect their authority. You've already made the decision. You've already agreed with your brother. But, you know, you offer that back to them and let them say how they feel about it. Now, you're very going inside, yay, they agree with us. (laughs) Um, Because sometimes they don't. But it just, it empowers them. Right. Yeah. And that gives them life. Because I I think a lot of times you'll hear people use the analogy where it's like the roles are reversed, where like they took care of you, now you're taking care of them. But it's not exactly the roles reversed because they still are someone that God calls you to honor and to seek their wisdom where they can offer it. So it's not really just a role reversal, like it puts you in a difficult like middle ground where you have to still honor them as an authority over you, but be caring for them. Josh, do you have any other uh, questions for, for the ladies here today? No, I'm just so grateful that you three came. And I think that what you've shared has been really, really encouraging. Um, And I think it's, it's great that each of you, have expressed that you didn't have to go through it by yourself, that you had people with you. And I know that not everybody that's listening is in that position. So 
I would say that if you are starting this journey or you're in the middle of this journey and you don't have a supportive family or supportive siblings um, or if your parents are in denial about having those conversations, don't go through that alone. Reach out to Brookwood Church so that we can help you take those those steps. And you're going to find that just like these ladies here, that there are many, many other people who have gone through what you're facing and you don't have to walk through it by yourself. And I think it's very um, empowering that you would come share your story. And I think it's really going to help people um, take steps that they're afraid to take. So thank you. So Janice Jennings, Justine Allison, Don Carter, thank you for being with us today. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer. Lord, thank you for this time uh, that you've given to us to talk about these these very important issues. Lord, I pray for all the people who might be listening to this, who are in the middle of this, this difficult time. I pray, God, that you would help them to experience uh, a tangible um, sense of your your presence, Lord, as they, as they journey on this road together. Um, Father, I pray that, uh, that the words that were spoken today would, would bring life and healing. Thank you, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you are in need of care and support, call the Brooklyn Care Department at 864-688-8355 or visit our website at www.brookwoodchurch.org care. You can also find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. Thank you for listening and have a great week.